Isaac Litsky has an eclectic resume. As a child, he played series regular Weasel on Saved by the Bell, the new class. By age 19, he graduated from Harvard College with a degree in mathematics and computer science. He later graduated magna cum laude from Harvard Law School and served as a law clerk for Supreme Court Justices Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He argued more than a dozen appeals in federal court on behalf of the United States and never lost a case. As an entrepreneur, Litsky started a tech company that sold for $230 million and then transformed a struggling $15 million concrete subcontractor into an industry-leading $150 million construction services company in five years. He also founded Hope for Vision, a nonprofit organization that funds the development of treatments and cures for blinding diseases. Litsky was born with retinitis pigmentosa, a rare degenerative disease of the retina that caused him to gradually lose his sight in his teens and early 20s. He shared his eyes wide open philosophy in a viral TED Talk, What Reality Are You Creating for Yourself?, which was viewed more than a million times in its first 20 days online. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Isaac Litsky. Hi, Isaac. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me. I was really interested in talking about your book. And before we get into that, can you share with the listeners a little bit about, you know, obviously what happened to you when you were younger? You were going blind. It must have been extremely scary. Sure. So, yeah, I was diagnosed with a blinding disease when I was 13. Uh, a condition called retinitis pigmentosa okay. that leads to the sort of progressive deterioration of, uh, of the retina and hence sight. So from age 13 to age 25, um, I kind of slowly lost my sight in this very bizarre way. But um, in a beautiful way, it became really one of the best things that ever happened to me. I know. You talk about how going blind is a blessing. Could you talk about that? So for me, the way that I went blind, the experience that I had really showed me the immense sort of power of the mind to, to shape our own reality. So, you know, sight is something that we experience as sort of passive, mm-hmm. uh, as sort of a mere sort of passive perception of some world out there. And we think what we're seeing is, you know, objective and, and truth, you know, and absolute. That's certainly what I thought until I started to lose my sight. The truth is very different. And you talk about that fear can give you tunnel vision. Yeah, sure. So, you know, much much like sight at the end of the day really is um, a personal sort of unique virtual reality that we're, we're creating for ourselves that's, that's shaped by a lot of other things in our lives. Fear can be very pernicious. Fear can, can engender for us an awfulized reality. We kind of tend to fear the worst and doom and gloom and all that. And um, unfortunately, we, we, we often uh, can tend to experience that, again, as truth, as, as objective, as, as something that's um, immutable. When, right. uh, when really it's, it's a figment of our own imagination. And uh, when we can see through our fears and take control and uh, step in uh, to our role as the masters of our reality, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Powerful, really powerful. So let me back up. You were in Saved by the Bell. At that point, mm-hmm. were you having periods of time where you could sense you were going blind? I mean, you, I know you, you said it started when you were about 13. Yeah, I was diagnosed right around the time I started the show. Oh my gosh! Um, and uh, 
you know, frankly, initially, uh, I was I was terrorized. I was just terrorized. I was terrified. Yeah. And you know, like I said, so you know, I I was. Uh, in, I was in a hurry. I, I felt that uh, I felt I had this immense pressure to squeeze as much as I could into my life before blindness finally caught me and 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 you know destroyed my life. So I wound up uh, leaving Los Angeles, um, uh, going to college uh, pretty pretty young. I started 16. college when I was sixteen. Wow. Yeah, and graduated at nineteen and. Um, I was really, you know, again, racing uh, uh, from, 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 from blindness. I was sort of trapped by my fears. And, and uh, thank God I, I ultimately uh, gained the vision to kind of see through those fears and, and slow down and enjoy. Now, you're in college at 16. What was that whole experience like because you were really young? Yeah, so I loved I loved college. Um, I've always really enjoyed you know learning and and being around uh, you know interesting people. So, college was awesome. It was a very challenging time in my life because it was sort of the period of time when when the loss of uh, of, of sight really sort of became a nuisance, kind of bordering on a disability. It was not something I could ignore. It was always present. And the uh, strategy I was sort of thought I had at the time of, of you know, supporting the researchers and, and, and trying to raise funds and kind of uh, hoping and praying for the cure, mm-hmm. um, that strategy started to look sort of less and less viable as, as years went by. Now, let's talk about this book, because in the book, you talk about how going blind helped you build this career with a remarkable number of accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about that. Yeah, so that's that's exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly right. I mean, that that's why I wrote the book. I mean, it's it's not about blindness or disability. It's really about um, this insight, this vision that that, that I gain. You know, we uh, whether we realize it or not, whether we like it or not, um, you know, whether we want to or not, really, in every moment, we are choosing how we want to live our lives and who we want to be. Right, and we all face. Uh, tough circumstances, uh, loss of a job or a spouse or right. um, any number of things. But how we react to those circumstances, what we do with them, what they mean in our lives, that is entirely up to us. And uh, it's liberating and empowering uh, to live that way. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that others will be able to see what I see. And, and, and you know, that's really why I wrote the book. It's a, it's a passion for me. One of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show is because my show is called Get the Funk Out, and I'm very fascinated with how, you know, you could have wallowed up into a very depressed, uh, reclusive kind of person, but you didn't. And you, how did you decide, you know, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to just go for it and go to law school and do all these things. You know, once, once I realized, once I saw that in ways I never would have imagined, mm-hmm. And in, in a, such a diverse range of aspects of my life, once I saw that I had the power really to influence, you know, my experience, to sort of take control, right. then it becomes really simple. Then, you know, you ask yourself the question, what do I want? What does success look like for me? What does value look like for me? Uh, who do I want to be? And, you know, if you answer those questions for yourself with awareness and accountability, you know, then making it happen is, is up to you. Right. And the power of going to college and having a focus and finding direction is so exhilarating, and it builds your self-esteem and your direction. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, uh, I was very fortunate to have this insight. Did you find this on your own, or did you have a mentor? I mean, how did this all come together that law school was for you? Well, law school was—so my father is a, is, a, is a lawyer. He's the best I know. He's retired now, but— mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, as I talk about in the book, I spent a lot of time with him, uh, going to work with him, and, and I always knew I wanted to learn how to think like a lawyer, like my dad. So I, I went to went to law school, and then I had some really cool experiences in the public sector. But um, ultimately, decided that practicing law wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't who I am. It was not who I am, and and uh, and moved on from there. But yeah, I've, again, I've been blessed to have so many different experiences in my life, and I think it's uh, it's in large part because really the greatest experience of all was 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 going blind and and seeing that, uh, you know, um, I'm the master of my destiny. Amazing. Okay, so how can people apply eyes wide open thinking to advance their goals in business or life? Sure, that's a fantastic question, and that's really the entirety of the book is uh, is, is, is toward that aim. Um, you know, it, it, you know, again, it starts with introspection. It starts with understanding, um, you know, what you want. And, uh, and then, you know, I talk about what uh, eyes wide open looks like when we're assessing um, our self-limiting assumptions, uh, our misconceptions about uh, what we perceive as our weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, our, our, mispre- our misconception about success, uh, our, uh, the, way we, the way we see luck in our lives, and on and on and on. And, you know, just as sight is this, is this illusion, we say seeing is believing, yeah. um, we, we can create realities for ourselves without knowing it that uh, uh, once we recognize we're empowered to, to change it, it's, it's, uh, it's liberating. Now, what about when people may come to you or you hear of people that are very fearful? And, and I feel like fear is fiction in a sense. <laughs> Yeah, so fear is, fear is a huge sort of theme in the book, a huge theme in, in my life, frankly, and it's very pernicious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really easy to get lulled um, into that world of our fears, um, and then, you know, it, they become true, right? It's self-realizing right. Um, because we're, we kind of stay on the sideline and we don't, we don't take control. So seeing through fear is a big part of the book. And, you know, we, we're all, we all face fear. I, I still face fear, you know. Uh, all the time in my life, but um, but I've developed some practical ways to approach it that have been great. So, what are some tips for people that are fearful? You know, sure, sure. So, I, I mean, I can give you a, a couple or, or or a few. Yeah. You know, so first first and foremost, uh, I think it's really critical to focus on the difference between what you know and what you think you know, because mm-hmm. that second uh, category there. Uh, is where we get into a lot of trouble. So take a step back and focus on what you think you know versus what um, you actually know. Right. And, you know, another another uh, uh, sort of aspect I talk about in the book a lot is when we're in this sort of awfulized world of our fears, um, often we perceive heroes and villains in our lives. We perceive people who we uh, credit or celebrate uh, or who we blame, frankly, for our circumstances. Right. And in the process, if we're not careful, we can kind of slip into uh, outsourcing our destiny. Um, our heroes and villains are figments of our imagination. Yes. Uh, they are not real. Um, we, we are the masters <laughs> of our fate. So yeah. uh, look for them in your life. I know, because we build people up. We think we know who people are, and we build them up to be these big heroes. Or we, we knock them down and think they're awful. Yeah, my, my villain was blindness, not, not mm-hmm. the like condition of sightlessness. Right. Uh, which is manageable, but this this unmanageable, uh, amorphous boogeyman that was gonna was gonna destroy my life. My heroes were these brilliant research scientists uh, who were gonna cure my disease. Right? They just they simply had to. I was desperate for them to. Sure. And, and living in that reality, you know, I was on the sidelines, you know, in a race against the clock. Yes. Watching helplessly as blindness sort of pulled out ahead. And where did that leave me? You know, not in a very good spot. Right. I really enjoyed this New York Times article that you wrote in, uh, I believe it was in January, the pitfalls of trying to read minds. And yes. how 
could you talk about that? Because it's interesting how you could have reacted in a different way and you didn't and you kept your cool and you, go ahead. Sure. So I, I, I thank you. That was that was fun to write. We we have this belief that we can understand uh, what others are thinking and feeling. That we can you know, we live inside their minds and, and from mere mere words or or worse from a facial expression or a gesture, we think that we we know entirely what's going on in in, in someone's mind in their world. And man, that is just not true. So right. We get we get ourselves into trouble a lot of times, and we're uh, you know we're. Uh, whatever the expression is, tilting at windmills, right? We, uh, so, you know, I, the, the, the anecdote I think you're talking about is I, I just kind of, kind of assumed that a coworker was making assumptions about my abilities or disabilities, and I got all, you know, my hackles were raised, and I, yeah. I grew defensive. But um, when we actually got down to it, um, you know, I was the one making the faulty assumption um, and really, you know, just kind of taking a deep breath. Right. Uh, having conviction in the, uh, in the power of positive intentions, Mm-hmm. And just kind of settling down, it, it really it turned out to be a great uh, moment of connection for me. Yeah, I feel like we need to breathe more and not assume people are being critical of us. Uh, breathe, slow down. Right. Uh, think. Yeah. Yes. So your TED Talk, and um, I thought that was really interesting. How um, you, when you realized you were going blind, you thought there was a salesperson waving to you. It was actually a mannequin. So let's talk about that TED Talk because it was so powerful. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, if you picture like a jumbotron screen at an arena, mm-hmm. right, like that huge screen's got like a you know million pixels or whatever. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're watching my life as a movie on that screen. The the way I lost my sight, it was it was as though the bulbs were kind of randomly breaking over time. So, uh, at first you might notice, and it might become a little bit annoying. Certain parts of the screen have more broken bulbs than others, and eventually over time it, it really interferes with your ability to make out what what you're seeing right. um so i if you you know kind of uh, sticking with that for a second I, my brain this you know again you think sight is this the subjective reality my brain went right along trying to make its best guess of what was out there and sort of creating this immersive experience for me the trouble is uh, that oftentimes it was it was wrong i grew wrong because mm-hmm. you know the data was was bad so you know i saw saw a urinal yeah uh uh, yeah, I'm sorry, saw a sink, sure. went to go wash my hands, and then felt that it was a urinal. Yeah. And upon gaining the conscious uh, awareness that it was a urinal from feeling it, suddenly I saw a urinal. Yeah. It, it, it changed into a urinal. Yeah. Or, you know, I saw uh, stripes on the floor. Mm-hmm. It was a striped floor, and then, you know, I start walking in, and suddenly I'm, I've stumbled down a few steps of a, of a stairway going down, and, and then now I see it. They're stairs. They're not wow. stripes. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, and on and on and on. So, like I said, this, it was really a, um, uh, a, per, a peek behind the curtain to see how how the mind really just sort of creates reality for us, but we experience it as as something that's that's you know that's true. What was your reaction to the fact that so many people saw this in a short amount of time? This TED Talk. What an overwhelming blessing. I mean, a couple of years ago, I talked to my wife and I said, you know, I'm going to take some, take some time away from work and I want to write this book. I want to share mm-hmm. my vision. Frankly, I want to share them with my children. I want, I want them to understand. I want to put down a paper for them uh, what I see. And, you know, then I started talking about it. One thing led to another. And I did this TED Talk. And, and, and you know, you really you put it out there. You, know, you don't know what's going to happen. And within 20 days, uh, you know, more than a million people watched it. And even better, you know, people started emailing me and, uh, telling me what they thought and telling me how it uh, made sense for them in their lives, and it's just, it's such a rewarding experience. I, it's hard to explain, but uh, it's really it's really awesome. Amazing. So, is there anything you wish you had known earlier on as a young entrepreneur? 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because you, 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 gain, you gain insight and, and, and wisdom and knowledge you know, through experience. So you, it's kind of this fallacy that you can go back and do it over again with what you know now. But, uh, but certainly when I started my most recent uh, business venture that I'm in now, when I started, I, you know, I thought being a leader, being a CEO, I really worried about my performance. Mm-hmm. I worried about how I was doing. And I really thought that sort of success was, was about me. And, and it took some time to realize that uh, I kind of had it backwards. A leader uh, succeeds, a CEO succeeds uh, when, his or her, when his or her team is successful and really motivating and uh, helping the team succeed Right. You know, it's almost by definition your success. So I wish I had known that a little earlier. Yeah. So your dad, you have triplets? I do. I have six and a half year old triplets and a 15 month old baby. Wow. How has that changed your life becoming a parent? Oh, it's the most uh, rewarding, amazing, enjoyable experience ever in my life. It's just uh, beautiful. It's why we're here. And I'll tell you, it has also sort of raised my sort of internal accountability uh, to a whole nother level because, you know, ch- our children learn from what we do, right? We can, yeah. we can say whatever we want, but they learn from what we do. They learn from our example. So um, I really am try to be aware of uh, living the example that I want for them in their lives. That's wonderful. So any advice for somebody who is going through a really tough time, personally, professionally, health-wise, something, any advice? Sure. You know, we all confront uh, difficult circumstances. Um, some of them are even, you know, beyond our control. Uh, my advice would be to, to, to really uh, recognize, convince yourself, understand that what we do of those circumstances, how they manifest themselves in our lives in every moment mm-hmm. is entirely within our control. Um, people have done far more with far less and have been happier doing it, right? I mean, think of a prisoners of war, the people who lose, lose limbs in, in, in battle. And, right. you know, I mean, you can live a, a fulfilled life. You can transcend. You can thrive um, in whatever circumstances you face. And that is your choice. You know, one thing I didn't touch on is uh, what role, if any, does luck have in achieving our goals? Luck is huge, but mm-hmm. I think uh, we misperceive luck. We, I think we tend to, to have a sort of simplistic notion of luck in, in at least a couple ways. So, you know, we have this idea that, you know, luck is good or bad. And often uh, the truth is, is subtle. It's, it's nuanced. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, whether luck turns out to be good or bad is, is, is often up to us. Blindness, for example, I think at the end of the day, I don't think, I'm certain, going blind, I was lucky to go blind. Uh, it, it was, a, it was a, an immense positive in my life, net, net. Um, similarly, you know, we have this idea that it's really neat and tidy, uh, what circumstances are, are not in our control, you know, what's up to luck and, you know, what is, what is in our control, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, the truth in life is, is, is far more complicated and, and nuanced and really there's a lot of overlap in there and, and we, um, we really impact what is within our control or not in our control in ways that uh, we don't necessarily see. Right. By the way, I loved uh, the little story about how uh, you're going to teach readers to see the fish swimming backwards through your life. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. When my, yeah, when my wife was a little girl, she, uh, she was fascinated by her goldfish, and her, her father explained to her how fish swim by wagging their tails, and you know, she told him right back, you know, without hesitation or doubt, she said, Daddy, fish swim backwards by wagging their heads. <laughs> and that was just true in her reality. And right. I've always loved that story, so I've kind of made it my metaphor for uh, the way we create our own truths. I love that. Isaac, where can people find out more about you? 
Sure, thank you. So easiest way to see the TED Talk or learn about the book or, or whatever is probably to just go to my website, lidsky.com, L as in Larry, I, D as in David, S as in Sam, K-Y, lidsky.com. Please check it out. If you do, please tell me what you think. I would really love to know, uh, know how these ideas uh, impact uh, you and your life. Wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Mm-hmm.